You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Inside the Fox 59 CBS4 Podcast Conference Room, welcome to another Colts Blue Zone Podcast alongside Mike Chappell and Joe Hopkins. I'm Dave Griffiths. Guys, we're not beating around the bush today because the Colts have agreed to trade Carson Wentz to the Washington Commanders, a story broken by our own Mike Chappell earlier this afternoon. You can head to Twitter. He beat Adam Schefter by a good 30 seconds, guys. That's what matters. That's the world we live in. It is. It is the world we live in. It's, it's, not, it's not the 80s anymore when Chap began on the Indianapolis Colts beat since he has covered the team since uh, since the Mayflower Vans Since Mike Pagel was the quarterback. That's right. Way back in the day. Well, they might have to turn to him. Uh, well, they could turn to a new uh, six-starting quarterback in six years because Carson Wentz is on the way out. we got plenty of other news to get to as well, but we have to focus on Carson Wentz. He is the quarterback. He is the most important position on the team. Mike, this trade or some kind of move has been in the works for a little bit. You've been in contact with your Colts sources. What can you tell us about this move right now? Folks, by the way, can read up a bunch of it online, fox59.com, cbs4indy.com, but give us the meat and potatoes. This was the best This was the best outcome of a bad situation. The other option was going to be to release Carson Wentz. He was not coming back. He wasn't. Uh, the team has gone out of its way to not endorse him. Uh, when we've talked to Frank Reich and Chris Ballard twice after the season at the Combine, and I defy anyone to find much in the way of endorsement on their quarterback, not even like, well, we'll see. No, it was, it was really, you know, the, 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 the most support came from, from Frank Reich, who said, you know, I stuck my neck out for him. I still believe in him. He said, I think he's going to play good football, whether that's here or it, where it might be here, it might not be here. That, that's, per, that's pretty strong. So this was going to happen, and, and it, it's it's. I try not to go too too long on this because we'll get everybody involved. But it's really crazy if, if you step back and look at it. At, ju- at just don't go underneath the the surface, but look at it. Twenty seven touchdowns, seven interceptions, a ninety four rating. You'd think that you, you take that every year. You would think. If yeah, you just look at that. Yeah, but you can't. And if. if for those people who say that, I understand that, but that tells me you didn't watch the season. You didn't watch the layups that he missed from Chris Ballard's uh, description. And, and what what I don't want to do, and I hope people don't do, is just, just trash Carson Wentz. I mean, he, he, he had some good moments, but so much went on here that we probably will never know all of. They, they primarily the owner, primarily the owner, just want just, – he, he, he didn't have enough trust – if any trust in, in Carson Wentz going forward and whatever discussion went on, which started the night of the Jacksonville game, you know, that rare time when, when the owner summoned the GM and the head coach in, which they never do. But it was clear at that, that was the moment that, that this team was going to reset at quarterback. And, and they did the fact to me that they got something out of, out of this is, is pretty encouraging they get to what two third round picks. Uh, next year's third round pick can be a second. If what is it seventy percent, Joe? I've not That's seen. That's what I saw. Yeah, but don't forget that Washington is taking on his contract in full. Right? In, in full. That's mm-hmm. twenty eight million dollars. There was a lot of talk that well, you know, if they if they move him, they're going to have to probably eat some of that salary. No, they're not. They're walking away. Mm-hmm. So where they used to have was it forty million in cap space or forty five million after after Jack. Going up, it just it just up. They're up in the you know upper sixties. 
I realize the cap, we shouldn't get too caught up in in cap, but but it it does limit you to some point. Once again, they have about whatever they need to do. They have at their disposal to do whatever they need to do. The question is, do they have? And we'll get into it. Is there a quarterback? worth moving on to right well before we get to that joe let's bring you in and talk about oh what the the reported return for the colts is right now because uh, as chap mentioned a third round pick this year a swap of second round picks this year so they move up from 47 to 42 five spots in the second round is not incredible but, but it's nothing to sneeze at taylor last year exactly it? yes it is i think that's about what the colts traded up for to get to taylor so they swap second rounders they get a third rounder this year which basically recoups their third rounder they traded away last year and they get a third rounder that could become a second next year. So when you look at the Carson Wentz era in Indianapolis, they trade a first and a third for him. They get back a third, moving up five spots in the second, and a third that can become a second. It certainly doesn't fully recoup a first-round pick, but for a quarterback that, as Chap said, he was not coming back this year, and to trade away all of his salary— I don't know if there could have been a better deal out there, especially after the big guys are gone. You know, we, we were we were going to talk about Aaron Rodgers today and we were going to talk about Russell Wilson today, go and get new deals. And then what's next for the Colts quarterback? But obviously we know what's next for the Colts quarterback now for, for the hole they got back, Joe, for for what they get in return for Carson Wentz. I don't know if you could have asked for too much more if you're a Colts fan. No, because they gave up. Basically, what turns out to be a first-round pick, maybe a little less, because next year they might have two second-round picks and two third-round picks um, to go, may potentially go up and get the quarterback of the future right. uh, in next year's draft. Um, or use that ammunition to go up and get a quarterback if they like in this year's draft. We can talk about all of that. I, I, I guess, on one hand, my thinking is, all in all, for a guy who you thought had a chance at being your franchise quarterback, this didn't cost you too much. You look at what the Bears spent um, to go get Justin Fields, a completely unproven commodity in the NFL, multiple first-round picks. Uh, you look at what uh, Denver just gave up to go get Russell Wilson. I get that's a lot different. We can talk about that in a second. I think the biggest thing that the Colts lost was the 2021 season in which they had exactly. a very talented <laughs> football team right. and did nothing with it. If they, if they could have went and... Even if they took a rookie last year and said, well, he's still learning and developing, uh, that might have given you more value than basically what summed up to a lost season this past year. I, I think what's interesting, and I, I don't, again, I don't, we'll, don't think we'll ever know, but l let's say they find a way to win the, the Vegas game or the Jacksonville game or Baltimore, and they go 10 and 7 and they make the playoffs. Carson Wentz, in the eyes of a lot of people in the organization, Carson Wentz is still the same guy that right that, that, that you don't that you didn't want. Would we be having this discussion? Would they have rolled him back out there? I don't know because, again, to, what 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 speaks volumes to me is that they. Let's just say the team because it ends up being the team. They decided to make this trade or cut him, with no viable, realistic option as a plan B. If that doesn't tell you how they were ready to, to part ways, nothing nothing will. So it's it's had they made the playoffs, would we still be talking about it? I don't know. But these next couple of months, we're going to see what they think of the draft. Can they get a guy at, was it now, 42? 42 now. Can they get a guy there and, and pair him with Sam Ellinger? 
I still think I still believe we talked last year about they should have had a, a veteran backup mm-hmm. just, just because just because and I still think you have to find that veteran guy who is going he's not going to be your long-term guy he's got to be that bridge whether it's Mariota whether it's Nick Foles whether it's plug in any Joe's got all the names but I just got to believe they've got to find somebody and not not necessarily to sell your fan base the way you sell your fan base is to win Right. I mean, you know, so, but they've got to have somebody that the rest of the team can say, you know, I, we, we can win with this guy. And I realize this roster rallies around, will rally around Sam Ellinger. But I believe I've thrown as many passes in the NFL as Sam Ellinger has, mm-hmm. which is zero, which mm-hmm. is a good thing on my part, not a good thing on his part. So, as I said, and I'll say more. I want to see how these next few months play out. It's funny that just just the the language you used there. We they we they will rally around uh, Ellinger. Like uh, our our Wes Woodward, who works in our office with us. Uh, like one of his favorite quotes for for whatever reason to bring up is the uh, what happened with the Rams and when Trent Green got injured. His uh, in the preseason, there was the the soundbite from Mike Martz or from uh, from Dick Vermeil. I guess he was the head coach at the time. After it was like we will rally around Kurt Warner. We will play good football, or we will be a, a good team. Like and and they certainly were. I, I'm but, not but, trying but to compare was, these this situations. This before they knew what they had. Yeah, exactly. And, and I'm just I'm just laughing at the language right. because it's the same language that that you. Well, it's, what you, what you it's what you have to say. Exactly. And if they go forward with Sam Ellinger, which I don't think they will. That's what you'll do. I mean, they gave us those sound bites of Sam Ellinger and Jacob Eason during training camp. Right. Eason was the guy. Until he, until he until wasn't. He then wasn't. Sam was the guy. Until he wasn't. Then it was Brett Hundley. Brett Hundley was the guy. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's crazy. And, and this, is not, this is not what a team wants you to be talking about in the offseason. Now, if it's re- re-signing Aaron Rodgers or one thing. But you don't want to have this type of uncertainty and that's that's where we are unless again they have they're laughing at us because Mm -hmm. they know what they're going to do yep and and, but i I don't know what they can normally we can see all the all the possibilities right unless unless they've been working on a trade for Derek carr which i would endorse i like Derek carr Mm -hmm. uh i i don't see in, in joking way in better on what better options the whoever they get in in the team's eyes Will be a better person than Sam Ellinger or than Carson Wentz. I, I think I saw Dan Orlovsky had a great quote. I think he said, "But they they don't believe in Carson Wentz the person mm-hmm. as much as they do the player. If you don't believe him in believe in him as a person, then then you're really fighting uphill the the entire way." Which is just. I mean, how did Frank Wright not know what he was getting into when he brought Carson Wentz in? I mean, if if that's not pretty... As a person. As a person. If that's not pretty damning, at least in Jim Mersey's eyes, of Frank's ability to evaluate the the leadership ability of other players, I don't know what would be. Um, it's, it's a... It's a huge mistake. Obviously, the Colts got something back for Carson Wentz, so overall, it doesn't look that bad on paper, but it's a huge misstep in the direction of the franchise. Talking about the leadership issue, and that's something, Chap, that you included in your article. Once again, you can find it online, fox59.com or cbs4indy.com. You can follow Mike on Twitter, at mchapel51, to get those uh, those stories uh, immediately whenever they drop. Uh, some of the quotes from from your article saying, or some of the, the scripts saying, it was time to move on. It became apparent to Jim Irsay as the season unfolded then bottomed out. It was not a rash decision. You had a source that told you this is nothing 
nothing to do with the Jacksonville game. It was a symptom of a problem that had started in the spring. And the issues believed to be, uh, this is from uh, from your article, Mike, uh, a complete lack of leadership, which is the overriding prerequisite for a quarterback and resisting coaching advice, an inability to handle criticism or self-evaluate also were contributing factors. So these are things that, that were much more than just a loss to uh, the Vegas and to Jacksonville near the end of the season. It was, like you said, something that crept up early on uh, during during Carson Wentz's time in Indianapolis and the people uh, inside the building uh, did not, uh, they did not agree with one another, I guess, when it comes down to it. So, so to circle way back to the point you made earlier, if he had won one of those two games, they were in the playoffs. It sure seems like at least the language that we're getting now is, is still that they did, they were not happy with uh, Carson Wentz, the person and probably would have wanted to move on anyway. That's at least how I, how I kind of take it. But would have been as as certain as it ever. I don't. I don't right, know. Because, right. Because again, winning winning cures and covers up a lot of a lot of. You can issues. overlook some things, right? But but to overlook what what were character flaws. I don't know how else you would you would describe it. And and one thing that I I know people have talked about, we'll talk about, is how much did the decision not to be vaccinated play into it? From people I talked to, that wasn't an overriding issue, other than it showed. It, it kind of it showed you a window into the leadership, because if you're if you're if you're a leader, and unless you've got again, boy, it's it's such a touchy subject because a lot of players, I believe, that, that ha- have strong beliefs, whether they're religious beliefs, whether they're health beliefs, some I think are just don't know what they're doing. I mean, quite honestly, but 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 when it, we were semi joking. And sometimes it's a bad rabbit hole to go down. But you think Peyton Manning would have had a he would have been holding down teammates to get him vaccinated because he, he availability it, it was all it was it was all for the team. And one thing Jim Mercer mentioned with all of his social postings, and there were like three or four. If I'm not mistaken, he never mentioned Carson Wentz's name. He did not. No, it was passing game offense. And but he said that he wants players who are going to be all in, who are going to be you know 100 percent committed, and, and if you're not going to be committed, don't walk in the door and all this. There was some of that there. Now, if you want to argue the anti-vaxxing, well, how about then why not get rid of Quentin Nelson Dar- and Ryan Kelly Darius and Darius Le- Leonard right. and Zach Pascal so, and right Braden Smith? Braden I mean, Smith. you know, the, only like seven or eight of the top of the leaders right weren't vaccinated. Right. That, that that that's a tough slope to go down, but. It all plays into this Carson Wentz not being, as one guy, one person told me, it wasn't the right fit. And as Joe mentioned, you were able to recoup recoup more than I thought they would. I really thought they, they might get a third and have to eat some of his salary. Well, not only get a third, you get two thirds, and one might be a second. And by the way, Washington has taken on the $28 million guaranteed. That's, that's monster. And you move up in the second. And you move up. But like Joe said, and it's so so true, you just wasted twenty twenty one. You wasted uh, the defense that ranked second, and, and this is from from that story as well. What really irritated, not irritated, infuriated Ursay is you've got a defense that yes, it it, it was culpable in so many games, it, it was, but it's second in the league in takeaways. Special teams had three touchdowns, and oh by the way, Jonathan Taylor. Gives you arguably the greatest running back season in franchise history, in in a franchise that's had some good running backs, eighteen hundred yards, 
And it was the first time since like 2011 the league's leading rusher didn't make the playoffs. It's inexcusable. Inexcusable. And it's it, it, it's going to be the knee jerk to, 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 to blame Carson Wentz, but it, it's it's deeper than that. But he... He 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 was not what they hoped to be, and it was very clear from the start he was not going to be part of, of of turning this thing around. I uh, I can't help but think about the futures of this franchise because we are no longer in year two or three of the Frank Wright Chris Ballard era. We're now into year five. After the deal was announced, Darius Leonard tweeted, "Here we go again, fifth straight year, different quarterback." Uh, it's got to be exhausting at a certain point. I almost commend Chris Ballard here for getting as much as he did back for Carson Wentz. Um, but the the thing that just keeps playing in my mind is Frank Wright when he brought Carson Wentz to Indy. Great fit for the city. Great fit for this team. I like Frank Wright a lot. I think he's really good at coaching the players that he has. But I think Jim Irsay is about done with all the former quarterbacks having to have personal ties to this coaching staff. It's time to take a few more chances and go out and get somebody um, and swing for the fences a little bit. And I just Which they did last year with Wentz. They, they swung for the fences with Wentz. Mm-hmm. But it was somebody that Frank Wright had already. Correct. There, Correct. there had to be a comfort level there built in, I guess is like what I'm Phillip trying Rivers. to say. Like with Philip Rivers, like with Carson Wentz, Chris Ballard, and uh, Eric Fisher, there seems to be a comfort level that needs to be built in for these guys. And I think um, that comfort level is about out the window because Jim Irsay, uh, his patience seems to be dwindling. Well, and, and one thing, again, Frank missed on this. He did. Well, coaches and GMs and personnel guys, they miss on players all the time. If you bat 40 or 50% in the draft, you're, you're doing well. But, but it's, it's where and when you miss that's most telling. And, you know, when you miss on – we've talked before. When you miss on pass rushers, you're always chasing pass rushers, either in the draft or free agency. Boy, when you swing and miss on a quarterback, it just sets you back. Because if, if, if not Carson Winston, maybe there's someone else who, who, who would have been good enough to get you not only to the playoffs, but to think, okay, we, we can move forward this guy and grow the team. When you change quarterbacks, this will be the sixth straight season opener. People tend to forget they had Scott Tolzien in 2017 for one awful three quarters. But but when you don't have a quarterback that you can tailor your personnel moves and your, your drafts around, it's just tough. You know, you don't draft the same for Phillip Rivers as you do for Carson Wentz. You just don't. Mm-hmm. So, and when you had Andrew Luck or Peyton Manning, you knew you could tailor things around what they did, what they needed, what you know, the deep ball, whatever. So it just puts you on hold offensively, and I don't know how they grow from this. Uh, I, I guess that that'll be a story on, on who they who they settle on. I, I think when when you say settle on, I think that that those two words kind of kind that's of speak a, bad, a little that's bit. That's a bad too. connotation. It, it, it to is. Say settle on. But but at the same time, like look at who's available right now. Uh, the the free agent quarterbacks are like Jameis Winston, Mitchell Trubisky, Marcus Mariota. We've talked about this already in past Colts Blue Zone podcast. I encourage you to subscribe. Get us delivered to your podcast listening device every week. 
if you're looking to trade for someone, Jimmy Garoppolo would be uh, maybe at the top of that list uh, talent-wise. Some other players uh, would include Derek Carr, maybe if he's available, but I I don't know if he's available right now, first of all, because Vegas Vegas certainly needs a quarterback out there in the AFC West when you got Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson and and, uh, Justin Herbert. So you, you need to be able to compete. Uh, and why would they cut bait on Derek Carr? I don't know why they would cut bait Coming on him right now. Arguably his best season. And especially for, for what price? Again, it would be more than the Colts got for Carson Wentz, that's for sure, because they would need because he had a better year last year, like you said. So so where do the Colts go from here Nick is a big Nick question. Nick Foles with the Bears. Nick Foles with the Bears is another one. Another guy that Joe would love because of the, that comfort level with Frank Wright, every, right? Every quarterback we mention, you wrinkle your nose at. Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, Mar- I take Marcus Mariota because I don't know what's better out there. And as we've talked, Colts fans have seen the absolute worst of Marcus Mariota. They absolutely have. If he had twelve bad games, we saw them all. Mm-hmm. So, but it's just as, as I've said before. Sometimes the football gods are there for you. They just are. You know, again, it, it, they're awful in '97, and there's Peyton Manning. They're awful in 2011, and there's Andrew Luck. Now they need a quarterback, and the football guy said, now your your bill comes due now. Mm-hmm. So of, of all the times to try due. to reload a quarterback, this is one one of the worst because of the draft being so thin. And, and again, who's your, Jimmy Garoppolo's the best option out there. And he, Oh, by the way, he just had shoulder surgery. Yeah, let's, let's talk about Jimmy Garoppolo mm-hmm. for a minute because he's kind of clearly the, you know, Aaron Rodgers – on Tuesday, committed to returning to Green Bay for next year. There's been some disputes of over reports of what deal he may or may not have agreed to, but he did say he will be in Green Bay next year. Russell Wilson traded to Denver for multiple first-round picks. Uh, Seattle's completely blowing everything up and restarting. Uh, Wentz just got traded. That kind of leaves Jimmy Garoppolo as that last veteran quarterback who's at least known to be available. 49ers appear very ready to move on to Trey Lance, who was the third overall pick in last year's draft. Jimmy Garoppolo has one year left on his contract, age 31. Uh, he's going to be due about $25 million. Um, let's talk about Jimmy G because the opinions on him are pretty split. There are some, like former Colt Darius Butler, who loves him some Jimmy G. There are others, um, like Mina Kimes from ESPN, who cannot stand Jimmy G. Uh, and then there's a lot of people in the middle. What are your guys' opinion on Jimmy Garoppolo? What do you think it would take to get him, at least, in my opinion, on the field? Strictly on the field, this is a lateral move from Carson Wentz. I don't think he's any more talented than Wentz. Leadership is hard to say. Maybe that's where he could be a vast improvement over Wentz. But I want to hear your guys' thoughts. I, I mean, leadership, I don't know if it's going to win you too many games. Uh, it, it helps in the locker room, but... Like you said, it's at on the field. It's a lateral move at best to me, um, having watched both of them before. So if you're if you if you want nothing better than last year, then you can go ahead and get Jimmy G. That's fine. And for one more year, and then you'll probably get rid of him and go with someone else, uh, maybe next year in the draft, and then you'll have a seventh different starting quarterback in seven years. I, I mean, that that's probably what what it's it's shaping up to be anyway. Right now, if you're going with any of these guys, chap, if it's going to be just one year. Would you guys say Jimmy G is better than any of the free agents? Winston, I uh, left Bridgewater off the list. Trubisky, Mariota. Like, here's the deal. I think you would have to give up stuff for for Jimmy Garoppolo. So even though he might be a better quarterback than those guys, having to give up some of your capital to get him 
makes it at best a wash, if not a step backward for me. I think I would rather go with um, one of the free agents and keep your capital and then reassess after next year. That, that's that's what I think. I don't know. Is he? What you say? Is he? Is he twenty nine? Thirty one. Thirty one. Yeah. So he's got, Wentz is twenty nine. Okay, so he's got years to play. Yes. And Grapple is another one of those that's strange. I think his record as a starter is like 20, 29 and fifteen. It, it's it's really it's off the bad. charts. It's yeah. off the charts. Good. I've never trusted him. Uh, but again, I I just don't see how the Colts move forward with whomever they get, thinking this is more than a one year bridge. I just don't. Who again? I don't. Maybe someone emerges, but. I, I I would re- I would rather again I'm getting stuck on Mariota and I shouldn't and I get blinders, but he'll be cheaper. You won't give up anything for him draft wise, mm-hmm. and you're just looking for that one year. What they're looking for is that quarterback. They don't need the hero ball, and they're not going to get. You know what 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 just infuriates Colts fans is they want Joe Burrow. They want. Herbert, they want Mahomes, they want these top seven or eight quarterbacks, and you're not going to get them. They're, they're just not there. And so you've got to settle for something else. And I, I think what the Colts look at is they've got a decent defense. They've got a running back who's as good as anybody in the league. The offensive line, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, it wasn't great chase last year, and and, and, and Taylor ran for we 1,800 got, we yards. We got some news on that to discuss in a second, Correct. Too. So I, I think they're they're looking for the guy that, remember when Chris Ballard said, make the layups, when he told Wentz, make the layups. You know. Jimmy G can make the layups. Complete 65, 67%. And then when the play comes, when you've got when you've got uh, T.Y. open against the Raiders down the left side, hit him. But they, they don't want hero ball. They want guys to, I hate to say game manager, but make the plays when they're there, but do your job. Here's what I'm going to say in Carson Wentz's defense when it comes to the hero ball or game manager type of discussion that that is absolutely going to take place now and into the future when it comes to the Colts quarterback. Last year, in the offseason, everything was pointing, like the Colts were saying, we need someone dynamic. We need someone who can take this offense to the next level. We need someone who can attack down the field which is exactly what Philip Rivers didn't do. Philip Rivers was perfect at taking the layups. He took every layup, and the Colts wanted something different after Philip Rivers was gone. They wanted someone who could open up the offense, who can attack downfield, and make some big plays. And that's what Carson Wentz was told to do. That's what he was expected to do. That was probably in a lot of discussions. I'm not privy to them, but with Frank Reich and Chris Boward and Jim Ursay saying, we're excited to have you here. We're excited to open up the offense and air it out and go downfield. And that's something that we brought up at the very end of the season in the Jacksonville game. We said, And Carson said, we were not the dynamic offense we thought we would be. And he was asked questions throughout the offseason, throughout, I was about to say spring training, baseball's on my mind for some reason, throughout the preseason, saying, uh, talking about the wide receivers, talking about attacking down the field, asking if they can be a dynamic offense. That was pounded into him over months and months and months leading up to the season and even throughout the season. So he was told to be a dynamic quarterback. He was not told to make the layups. I don't, I, 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 I get what you're saying, that you need to do the layup, make the layups too. But I think that is exceptionally difficult for a guy to come in and when you're told to attack, 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 be dynamic, 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 and then you're trying to do that, and it's not working out. I, I, and I get you have to do both. I completely get you have to do both. 
but I, I just want I just want that to be out there that there was so much stress on being a dynamic offense, and if that's what got into Carson Wentz's head that I need to be a dynamic quarterback, that might have set him up for failure in some way. But that's who he is anyway. I, I think he's more of a hero ball guy. I don't think he's a layup guy. Well, I think his career completion percentage is 63 percent. I'll look it up here. So it, it's not. I don't like, think it's more than that. Yeah. So so th- th- this is sort of who he's been. Right. Uh, and I just think again, you're right. You know, by the way, who are you going to throw the ball deep to? Ashton Doolin once in a, once a month. So so they 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 wanted this dynamic passing game, yet they didn't have the dynamic tight end even remotely. And the, I don't consider Michael Pittman a dynamic receiver, a downfield threat. So they're wanting to do that without having the tools to do it. And that, that's sort of an excuse for Wentz. Mm-hmm. But it does play into the equation. Uh, first on completion percentage, only year above uh, 64 was that 2018 season where he had the MVP performance until he got injured. Uh, I would definitely say some of that is fair, and that's what excited the team and fans about Carson Wentz is he had that yes. ability. And at times we saw it. He would escape the pocket. He would chuck it downfield, and sometimes it worked out. I also remember quotes from Frank Wright saying, we don't need you to be a hero. We just need you to do your job. Just do your job. No one is expecting you to be a Superman. Um, just just every once in a while make that play. And I think I just kind of going back to Jimmy G, I think he's almost the inverse of Carson Wentz. And it's almost like uh, I think a lot of people with Carson Wentz, we said, okay, if we can get him to clean up his mistakes, maybe he could be an upgrade over Phillip Rivers. Now I think a lot of people are going, if we could get something similar to Phillip Rivers again, that would be great. I remember the big passing plays went down with Wentz rather than Rivers just because he simply wouldn't take a lot of what might be there. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, there were several times where if you would have dumped him off, he probably could have picked up a 20-yard gain. Um, So regardless, Carson Wentz is not on the field anymore. It will be really, for the Colts at least, hopefully he stays on the field for Washington so the Colts can get that second-round pick. Um, I, I just, here I am starting to talk myself into Jimmy G because I just have a gut feeling that that's what's going to happen. What, what, what's the timeline on it? I mean, he has shoulder surgery like this week, I believe no, it was. Colts fans been through a quarterback with shoulder surgery to his before. right shoulder, not his non-throwing shoulder. Right. So, so how severe was it? I don't know. Uh, I think it'll be, it would be hard to, to invest a ton in a guy that you're not sure, unless you're sure right when he comes back. And any time you start tinkering with a a pitcher or a quarterback's throwing shoulder or arm. Good luck to you. Jimmy Garoppolo has never thrown for 4,000 yards in a season in his career. Obviously, he was a backup for a while, but he has had years where he was injured all the time. He's not strung together two in a row. And he's never had more than 11, no. Hang on, I'm never more than 1,100 in back-to-back seasons. But he's a layup. He's a layup guy, 60, exactly. almost 68% so, completion so look, percentage. So, so do you want to go back to that, Colts fans? Do you want to go back to... Philip Rivers, even light, because I would say Philip Rivers is a potential Hall of Fame quarterback. Nobody's calling Jimmy Garoppolo right now a potential Hall of Fame quarterback. I agree with that. Do you want to go back to what the year before was? Let me throw in go a ahead. report on Jimmy Garoppolo had sh- successful shoulder surgery on Tuesday. The plan is for Garoppolo to be throwing well ahead of training camp per uh, NFL Network's Garofolo. Has, has anyone ever reported that somebody has had poor shoulder surgery or that surgery did not go well today for whoever it is. Has anybody ever reported that? No. I don't no. think so. Let's just keep Jimmy G. That, that's why I say it's, it's everything that the Colts 
Colts want and Colts fans want is not out there. It's not. So we can use the word settle on however you want. Mm-hmm. What, what is what is the, the best of the bad options moving forward? I don't. They Somebody mentioned that they, I don't think the Colts know what they're going to do. They do. They know what they want to do. Right. Yes, you, you, definitely. Yes. They have A, B, C. There's plans. not a chance in heck that they made this trade and said, gosh, what's next? What are we going to do now? You know, we haven't got a quarterback on the roster that's throwing a pass. They know what they want to do. They know what their preferences are. But, you know, a trade, it, it, the other team has to be willing. Now, a free agent, again, you, you, can make, you can make it to where a guy wants to come here. You know, all you have to do is put another zero at the end of the contract offer. So they know what they what they would like to do, and but but th- this is why the media is so cool. Is is we don't care. We we can just speculate all we want. I want to make two more points that kind of go both for and Jimmy against G? Jimmy G. There we go. Um, he's led his team to a Super Bowl and deep into the playoffs. Yes, yes, he has multiple times. On the other hand, his team just traded up in the first round a year ago mm-hmm. to number three to go draft his replacement. I mm-hmm. think that tells two sides of the story. Exactly. Do you want to with, get another quarterback cast off, which is what Jimmy Garoppolo was kind of going to be It'll be another right one-year rental, one year on the contract. That's what it's going to be, though. I mean, yeah. do, do you make a trade for Garoppolo thinking he's our guy for the next six or eight years? No, but maybe if a one-year rental gets you, it, depending on the price, I would trade maybe a third-round pick for Garoppolo and say, I think Garoppolo is a quarterback who might be able to get you into the playoffs because what else are you going to do with that third-round pick that's really going to make a difference? What you hear from people, and it's valid, is what you don't want to be, and I'll get all these these hate tweets, you don't want to be the Pacers to where you're just okay. So you're never drafted high, you're never, you know, the worst team in the league, and you never get out of it. Now that that's gonna change this year. Right. But they haven't been in the lottery or in the top ten right. since like nineteen ninety or nineteen ninety one. The NFL does not award does not reward nine and eight. They don't. They, they reward three and thirteen. How bad would the quarterback play have to be for the Colts to get a top pick? Because the rest of the roster is in pretty that's, good that's, shape. That's the problem you have. So you might as well shoot for the playoffs and then trade up to go get a quarterback Correct. in the draft. I, I think I think that's, to me, that's the best option available is to to get either this year or next year, have your tar- have a target on a guy and get him. Like, do what you have to do to get that guy. Because as, as even, we've... Even though he's going to be a, a bridge. Yes. I agree. Yes. And... Like I, I just, I just want to see Frank Reich with more than one year with a quarterback for crying out loud. But it's, it's probably not going to be this year. Like we're saying, I, I just want to see that we're not. It's very likely we're not. He's catching get it. a ton of criticism as he should because had he not been as forceful as he was on Carson Wentz, we wouldn't be. Wentz wouldn't have been here. Mm-hmm. They would have done something else. So, so he did stick his neck out like he said for him. But that doesn't mean that you you still don't trust what he says. I, I think you just you don't quite give him the latitude that he had. But uh, the owner's gonna the owner's not gonna just say yeah okay Frank said it's okay so it's okay. But uh, I I, I they, how hard would it be if you're the head coach of the GM to where and this isn't gonna happen. But they go into the season with Sam Ellinger, and they'll bring in a. A, a veteran backup that's not even on this list, just a, you know the Cody Kessler type guys, and you're going to go to DeForest Buckner and say, "Listen, next year we're going to really be good." You can't do that. You can't do that with this roster with veterans and say, "You know, stick with us." In two or three years, we're, we're going to be pretty good. Jonathan Taylor, 
the shelf life of running back is not what it is for the positions. And how do you, you know, Darius Leonard played on a hurt ankle all year. You saw behind the scenes how badly that was hurting him, and guaranteed there are going to be more veterans who play through things like that this year. How do you ask that of them? I, I don't think the Colts would tank, nor can they tank. This isn't the Dolphins we're talking about. And let, me tell, let me tell you right now, there's one guy that we have not mentioned here on this podcast that, that would be a, a decisive upgrade who is absolutely available for trade right now, but there's a reason we haven't talked about him, and there's many reasons we haven't talked about him. His name is Deshaun Watson, and I know he's just he's faded into the background of NFL discussion right he's now. He's on the run now. But yes, he is exactly. That's why I bring it up, Joe. I know we're kind of <laughs> jumping around the rundown here to get down there, but it, it's kind of, it's still relevant with our discussion right now, so I figured I would jump there. Yes, yes. Uh, Deshaun Watson's cases are advancing. There's a grand jury going to hear evidence on Friday, um, and also on Friday, Watson will face questions for the first time in at least some of his pending civil lawsuits. So the, the, the quicker that moves forward, the more ironclad his status will be in the NFL. If if this grand jury doesn't bring charges against Deshaun Watson and there are only civil lawsuits to deal with, that can happen very quickly. Civil lawsuits can be can be settled and gag ordered, you know, and and you move on immediately. Um, and he might still get a suspension from the NFL if that's the case, absolutely, but if if things happened so that there is no criminal charge against Deshaun Watson, he could very easily be playing for an NFL team next year. Now, would the Texans you, trade him in the division? Can you imagine the Colts taking him on? Can I imagine the Colts taking him on? Like, yeah, I don't think so. No, I can't. You've got, you've got three daughters. Yeah, as part of the pow- power brokerage out there. Exactly. I, I just and I want that, and that's exactly why you're here, so we can talk about those types of things. I just because because he is, like I said, on the field. He is better than any other option out there, but there are multiple extenuating cir- circumstances why we don't really include him, we don't think, in these prime discussions, Mike. And again, a, a team's tolerance for indiscretions goes up with how good the player is. But I think there has to be a line that you don't cross. And, and not knowing who knows where this is going to go, I just don't know how an owner like Jim Irsay with his daughters at his side would, would would look past all of this, mm-hmm. even though this guy is, is is incredibly young and such a talent. I just I'm probably being totally naive and and and, and all that. Maybe they would anyway. Maybe they would. I I I, I don't I don't see it. Th- those would be questions that Jim Irsay would get. Of and, course. And, and before any team makes a trade, you want some guidance on the offseason, what's going to go on. And one of my first calls would be that Roger Goodell say, listen, are you guys going to be suspending this guy for yeah. four games, eight games? Let's hope he wasn't placing DraftKings bets at the same oh, time. Oh, my that he's goodness. Been out. My goodness. Is that, is that on this rundown? It is somewhere here about Calvin Ridley being suspended for the 2022 NFL season. If you've been under a rock the last couple of days in your NFL news uh, intake, yeah, for gambling on NFL games, apparently he just made some parlays and uh, bet about how much? $1,500? What he says? $1,500 on Twitter, which. So stupid. Why would you risk everything? So he risked um, $11 million he, in he his said salary. He hasn't got a gambling problem. Well, you just gambled away $11, $11 million. Seems like a problem. Yes, I, I saw, <laughs> it was funny. I saw someone tw- tweet that basically he, he risked $1,500 and lost $11 million Basically, Like it was, it was kind of like betting $11 million to win right. fifteen or win a certain amount. And the odds were like horrible. For, and, for he, and he did it on his cell phone. Yeah. 
Yes. Couldn't you like find? Are they still payphones? Can you still drop a quarter in a payphone, or are those gone? I don't know, man. Or get or get a friend to do it for you. <laughs> or just like anything like that. Part of the reason I put that on here is he was rumored to be available, potentially available via trade. That's one last less weapon in the pool that the Colts could go after, or another team go after and leave something else for the. What Colts. a thing that would have been if the Falcons had just traded him to somebody, and then this comes out. That would have been the ultimate. Rug out from under you. I saw a report that the Falcons were in trade discussions when this happened. That's another name we didn't mention about Matt Ryan. $46 million. He's due a bunch, yeah. Big, big salary. But the Colts have, Colts have money now. have cap space. Is Matt Ryan at this point really that much better than a guy like Jimmy G? Yes. You think so? I, I, I mean, if, if you get rid of the, the compensation and, and what it would cost you, I'd take Matt Ryan. At least he doesn't come with all the injury concerns. Jimmy G has not strung together consecutive right. healthy years. Yeah. I mean, I like I like Matt Ryan, but he's also 87 years well, old. Again, so, every, every, yeah. he'll be 37 in May. Yeah. Excuse every, me, 37. My bad. And again, everybody you talk about, you're, there's always that, yeah, but. Some, some, have big, <laughs> some have bigger butts on the end of yeah, but. But <laughs> it's... Again, it, it's it's amazing we're here. I, I'm glad they've, I'm glad this finally broke, just just so it it advances the needle for crying out loud. Yep. I'm glad it broke before we started recording. Well, that's right. <laughs> if we had done it in the middle, we would have had to stop. Mike would have to get on the, on the computer, get this posted online. Once again, follow his story fox59.com or cbs4indy.com. You can get a whole lot more information about this trade that uh, we've uh, we've touched on here and there in this Colts Blue Zone podcast. Also, follow us on Twitter at Colts Blue Zone for news and notes throughout the week. Joe is at Roto Street Joe. I'm at Dave G underscore Sports. As I said before, Mike Chapel is M Chapel fifty one. Some more Colts news this week uh, beyond the quarterback. Well, whoever the quarterback is next year for the Colts, he will not be throwing to Jack Doyle. Uh, nine seasons with uh, his hometown team. Jack announced his uh, decision to retire uh, just a couple days ago, uh, and the Colts obviously retweeted it and did uh, their fair share of stuff online as well. Um, uh, guys, Jack has been a, a, a pivotal player in the Colts locker room, uh, a two-time pro bowler. Uh, he's a guy that went undrafted, was completely unheralded out of high school. Uh, Mike, I think the best, the, the best compliments we can give to Jack are he, he beat the odds. He had the respect of everyone in that locker room and, uh, everyone in there is, is sad to see him go, but happy he gets out while he can, uh, while he can still walk out of the locker room. To tie everything together, there's so much question about Carson Wentz's leadership, leadership ability. That, that's what Jack Doyle brought. He, he that they will replace him with another player, but how do you replace what what you're losing? And I, he he's still one of my favorite stories since I've been covering this team because again he he he's undrafted. He's cut by the Titans on the final cut day in 2013, and he thought he was going to sign it, resign to the practice squad. Then the Colts claimed him, and then here he is. He he signed two major contracts. With these guys, he was uh, he was Chris Ballard's first re-signing in in 2017. I think a contract was already in the works, but but that that showed it, it reminded me when the Colts with, with Andrew Luck had a chance to re-sign Pierre Garçon or, or Reggie Wayne. They went with Reggie because of yes, he's still a great player, but what he brought on the field for that quarterback and but Jack Doyle to, to come from where he came and to go out as much as possible on his own terms. You know, I think of I think of a Jack Doyle and a Gary Brackett of how they really made the most of a situation and 
kudos to Jack. And in typical Jack Doyle fashion, there was no press conference. No. He just, they tried. They said, Jack, would you want to come in and go on Zoom? No, I just want to do this. And, you know, he wouldn't go on the radio. So he just wants, he, he gave a really heartfelt, uh, he penned a letter on whether it was Twitter, Instagram, whatever. That's Jack. He, he was, he was, he was always a guy that I thought, and it, sometimes it comes off as a, as a knock, and it never was meant to be. You have to have a couple of Jack Doyles on your team. Mm-hmm. Now, you can't have too many, but you've got to have that guy that, you know, when it comes to third and seven, he's going to get you 7.8. 8.2 yard per he, catch, he, Jack he Doyle. Is. He is. And, and he's the blocker. You go back and look at some of Jonathan Taylor's great runs. There's Jack in line blocking. So he, he's, he, he was just as dependable as it gets. And I'm just glad that as much as possible after nine years, he's going out with his health. 295 receptions in his career, third most in franchise history for a tight end behind only Dallas Clark and uh, Syracuse's own John Mackey there, 320. There we go. we got to bring it in somehow. Joe, in terms of fan... Have you been to Syracuse? I have not. Have Never you driven, been to have you driven York? Pa- you might been to New York. You need to get out more. Yeah, you, <laughs> yeah. you might be able to go to Syracuse I've, on one I've of the. Se- pa- I've driven past it, so can I start out saying uh, now I'm Syracuse from Syracuse? On Mike, Mike Chapel. No, you, there's about seven sunny days every year in Syracuse, so I hope you you hit one of them when when you head out there. But uh, as I was saying, Joe, there. I mean, when it comes to fan favorites, Jack Doyle is is certainly one of them. And uh, I, I, for one, will miss seeing him spike the ball after a touchdown and the ball going up 30, uh, 30 rows in the stands. Yeah, Jack Doyle uh, just. You could tell him how much he meant to this team by the player tributes online. I mean, so many players came out and said, friend forever, Jack Doyle taught me so much about what it means to be a person and a pro. Um, and uh, I think I've mentioned several times, but he was my dad's favorite player as well. I just got my dad uh, a birthday present this past weekend. It was a Jack Doyle Colt shirt with the 84 and nice. the Doyle on the back, which kind of sad he's retired now, but maybe it means even more that he's yeah. retired. He gets to rock the Jack Doyle shirt, so... Uh, kudos to Jack Doyle. He will be hard to replace both in the locker room and on the field. I mean, just talking about what the Colts need to do this offseason, mm-hmm. tight end is now a major need. It we, already was. It, it yeah. already was. And But if Jack Doyle came back, maybe they could have gone one more year with Jack, Kylan Granson, and kicked that down the road a little bit. Now, all of a sudden, they really got to figure out what they're doing at that position, and they're going to – I don't know anyone they could bring in to be as good of a blocker as Jack Doyle. They also have to figure out what they're going to do at left tackle as well, because earlier this week, Adam Schefter reported that left tackle Eric Fishers is not expected to re-sign with the Colts. Um, The two sides had spent the recent weeks trying to get a new deal, but uh, now Fisher is poised to hit free agency next week. Mike, we talked about uh, the the need for a left tackle. We've talked about it for the last two off-seasons now since the retirement of Anthony Costanzo. You always had AC as your, uh, your your most indispensable colt outside of the quarterback, and that's a position that, once again, they're going to be looking for uh, as as the new league year begins. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me that the Colts tried to re-sign him because Chris Ballard kind of indicated that, that he still has some good football left in him and all this. And, but and I'm he- sure he had a number. Oh, no. I, no, I think this is a year that the Colts will kind of fudge on their number okay. with some players, but some not. And I think we talked that uh, when we talked about veteran left tackles or whatever that Pro Football Focus had Fisher as a was it twenty fifth best available. It it kind of sunk. It was down in the fifties by. But but it was primarily because he's a left tackle. Yes. So I, I think Fisher thinks, and probably rightly so, that somebody's going to. Give him a decent contract. Yeah, I think so. And the Col- and the Colts would have been crazy too, you know. I think they gave him one year 
eight million. Yeah, eight or nine is what last year. And they, I don't know, they would have given him that this year. Uh, But but again, there was a lot that played into his inconsistencies, the the Achilles primarily. But all of a sudden, here they are. You know, we just talked. We've we spent most of this time talking about the quarterback situation. Now tight end and left tackle. Those are prime positions. Your best blocking tight end and your backside blocker, Joe, whoever the quarterback is, you, you got to have decent players at those you positions those. or else you're not setting them up for success. Yeah, Mike, do you get the sense that this could be a situation similar to Xavier Rhodes where the Colts had a number and Fisher didn't like it and they said, okay, go out, go see what else you can get. If you can't get anything better, maybe come back to us or give us a chance to match. Perhaps, but, but I think that unlike a corner – I think a left tackle because for a lot of what we talked about, he'll be a year removed from from the Achilles, and and there were times he played decent. You know, as mm-hmm. as Ballard mentioned, there's a seven game stretch where he played pretty well. I think someone will give him a decent and whatever the whatever the term decent means. So I, I think did they close the door? Probably not, but I just think that he's gone. General generally, Rhodes was was an exception when a guy that you've got that you wanted back hits free agency. They normally don't come back. And if I'm if I'm Eric Fisher, do you want to come back to the Colts, a team that has a quarterback big question right now? Maybe you go someone else. I know that the Bengals certainly need some help on their offensive line. I don't know it, who their it left only, tackle it is only off takes the top one of my team. head, but yeah, exactly. It, it, it takes one team that has a need or the prime position, and and they'll price you right out of the market. But yeah, if you if you go to somewhere else that's a that's a contender, you might have more of a more of a desire to go there, even for a little bit less. I don't know. And we'll see what happens over the next coming weeks. I mean, next week's episode will be a big free agency episode oh, as yeah. the uh, new league year begins. We've talked about a lot of the left tackle options, tight end options in past episodes, so definitely chalk, uh, check that out. Uh, Dwayne Brown um, from Seattle might be a guy the Colts look at and say, as another Band-Aid guy, and, but say, hey, come in, we'll pay you 10 to $12 million for a year or two and uh, just make sure whoever our quarterback is doesn't get rocked and they're going to have some money to spend the nfl informed teams that the 2022 salary cap is going to be 208.2 million dollars that's up 27.5 million from last year so mike as you said they might be a little bit more fudgy with some of their numbers that chris Broward typically has set for some players depending on who those players are because there's a little bit more money to spend well, as well. and when you hear jim ursay mention you know all the chips all are chips it, are it, in and again it, that sounds really really good and, and this isn't Tampa or the Rams where you push everything in and to, to go all in when you've got Tom Brady or Matt Stafford. So it's a little different. But I, I do think that Ursay is going to be a little more forceful about, here's my money, use it. Joe? Well, I was just going to say, um, that kind of leads us into the next yeah. segment yeah. here, and several of these left tackles are not going to be available. So next uh, next segment is franchise tags and contract extensions that came out. I know news typically uh, is at the top of our rundown here on the Colts Blue Zone podcast, but for obvious reasons, we shuffled it to the this back. This episode here is all news. Joe has all these notes about some nice combine numbers from wide receivers <laughs> and cornerbacks. I and spent some ends. time on that. I know, but we're going to have to get to them later as we're leading up to the NFL draft. Fear not, folks. You will get that content eventually. But uh, one thing we'll touch on before we wrap things up, there are franchise tags and contract extensions as the NFL franchise tag deadline was 4 o'clock on Tuesday this week. A couple players were re-signed to long-term deals, including Tennessee Titans edge rusher Harold Landry. 
uh, and uh, Chargers wide receiver Mike Williams. We spoke specifically about Williams in our wide receivers uh, chat earlier. Um, Landry, I think, is more of a 3-4 outside linebacker, so I don't know how much we talked about him possibly being a free I think we agent. mentioned him, but yeah. we didn't spend a ton of time on him. Yeah, and, and we also probably thought the Titans had some interest in him, and they obviously did because they signed him big, and the Chargers re-signed Mike Williams big. They're not going to be hitting free agency. Neither will uh, wide receiver Devontae Adams, franchise tagged by Green Bay. All these players franchise tagged. Uh, Chris Godwin, who we all liked as a wide receiver, possibly, uh, to to come to Indy, but that's like not likely to happen. Uh, tight ends, Mike Gusecki, your boy, Joe, and uh, Dalton Schultz from Dallas uh, as well, and David Njoku from Cleveland, and then a pair of left tackles in Orlando Brown for Kansas City and Cam Robinson for Jacksonville, which, uh, Joe, as you know, it means the, the Jacks- Jaguars might uh, be looking defensive end for the first overall pick in this draft to kind of shed some light knowing that their franchise tagging Cam Robinson again. Yeah, Michigan's Aiden Hutchinson is kind of considered by most to be the top prospect in this draft, but there's several offensive tackle prospects right behind him, so they kind of considered, well, your left tackle's a free agent, you got Trevor Lawrence, maybe they spend that first pick on the left tackle. Franchising Robinson really opens up Jacksonville to just take Hutchinson, and uh, really, if Jacksonville gets Hutchinson, that makes it even more important for the Colts to find a left tackle. Yep, yep, and uh, also Cincinnati uh, Bengals safety Jesse Bates earned the franchise tag today as well. Chaps on his phone. You okay over there? Nothing, nothing new. Just make sure they haven't signed Arch Manning or yeah, somebody. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, tank for five years and See, then I, get Arch. I, I think th- that's the long term goal. You're gonna you're gonna draft Arch and oh you're gonna sign gosh. Marvin Harrison Jr. What, what a what a coup that would Ooh. be. I, yeah, that that's that's the big uh, the big plan. It's it's up on Jim Irsay's b- board in his office. Uh, possibly I wonder who the that. coach in the gym will be when they get that far well, down if, if, if they if they go to a point where they're probably able to draft Arch Manning, it's not likely to be either of these two fine gentlemen here right now. But um, but a- a- as I've mentioned multiple times in this podcast, for more Carson Wentz coverage, please check us out online, fox59.com, cbs4indy.com. Mike has a good lengthy story that he had been working on for some time through sourcing and uh, knowing that uh, the, that the, the strong possibility for this day was coming. So I'd encourage you to check it out, read it, uh, get some quotes from sources behind the scenes, and some more background information on uh, the Colts' decision to move on from quarterback Carson Wentz. What they decide to do in the future, well, I'm sure we'll discuss that plenty uh, over the next coming weeks on the Colts Blue Zone podcast. Once again, we encourage you to subscribe to us, get us delivered to your podcast listening device week after week, as long as the recording works on our computer in here in the office. Fingers crossed. It messed us up last week. It did, but we got it together the next day. Don't worry about it. Uh, you know, you can be replaced just like a certain quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> the computer can be replaced, too. We need new equipment, I think is what Joe would say. So we do thank you so much for listening. For Joe never, Hopkins. Never, never blame your tools. That's right. Mike Chapel. I'm Dave Griffiths. I take full responsibility. (laughs) Take care, and we'll see you next week on the Colts Blue Zone podcast.